Listen who's featured on this joint. That's ASAP Rocky to you and me. Now let's see if the stems work right away. See if I have an instrumental. Pretty good. Oh, I love DJing these days. I am so back, baby. I'm back. I'm back. Although I'm not going to lie, I'm hearing a lot of things on the radio that I can tell are people messing with the stems because the acapellas sound nasty. Flex played a record yesterday. Um, He played I Ain't No Joke over Annie Up. And it's a dope blend. Whoever made it, it's a dope blend. But they were obviously geeked to just get the Rakim acapella from the stems. Yeah, but that's my guess. I, I bet if I pull it up right now, here we go. Hold on. Yeah, everything doesn't come out clean. It does not. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm, I hope a beat up converted in. You know what's funny? Right you still hear the horn a little bit. Yeah, because the, it's not the proper stems, so it's a mix of sounds. Yeah, well, but because the AI is taking out certain frequencies. But the thing that's funny about that, it's funny that you play that because a horn, a trumpet and a saxophone is the closest thing in the musical world to a human voice. Wow. Yo, Saif, between the videos you've been putting up on IG this week <laughs> and that gem you just dropped, are you a genius? Are you like a, a fucking genius? Check this out. I'll tell you how I even got to that. You know who I love, right? Uh, God, Jesus. Frank Sinatra. The reason why Frank Sinatra sounds so much different than any other singer of his generation and beyond is because Frank Sinatra was literally trying to impersonate a trombone. So when the first band he was in, I believe it was Tommy Dorsey, he was so ill with the trombone, Frank was like, how can I make my voice make people go crazy the way he's doing with the instrument? So when Frank sings like no one else, it's because he's trying in his mind trying to be a trombone with his voice. Because the reason Tommy Dorsey got Frank in the first place, he didn't have a singer. In his mind, he was the singer with the trombone. But then they were like, we're going to need some words, buddy. And he's like, all right, I'll get a singer. Who's this kid from Jersey? 
What's your favorite Sinatra song? Do you have a favorite? Here's the crazy shit. I don't like Frank Sinatra music. <laughs> so you just like him. I love Frank Sinatra the man. I mean, my favorite one would be the one where it's like, when I was 17. That's probably my favorite one. But yeah, I like him. I like the fact that he was down and out three times and got back up. You you love this because of Sopranos, right? Remember they use this as like a either the first episode or last episode of a season. Oh, the Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was a very Yeah, this one he's talking wild on this one. Let's see if this works. It was a See, now that sounds crazy. And soft summer nights. We'd hide from the That's pretty good though. The reverb in it? On the village green. Well, that sounds way better than the Rock M. That sounds clean. There's a lot less synthesized music going on. You know what I mean? It's like literally instruments that it's probably a little easier to take out. And also his vocals are so spaced. It's a really fun game playing what things can you think of for instrumental or acapella. Like, yeah, or what will be a good stem? What will work? And also just like, oh my God, I never had the opportunity for that instrumental. Now, it's like back in the day, I feel like I would have remembered so many and now I don't remember. The trick is probably to find a good part and then loop it. It's like it's more gonna it's gonna be more than just letting the whole instru- the whole song play and try to get the instrumental. It's probably gonna be some piecing together to get the right instrumentals. 90s shit is not gonna work as well because like let's say you take a Black Moon song, for example. They were filtering the bass lines. It's not like they had like a separate bass player. They were taking bass lines from samples, filtering it with the 950, and then it would, it would give it an extra layer of bass. But when you go to stem that on Serato, it's going to sound like mush. Anyways, guys, I hope everyone had a wonderful week. Chris Red did not have a wonderful week. This song, when you think of um, this week, this song is the song to think about. No, I feel bad. Um, no, I was playing that because I have a brand Nubian story to tell as well. But um, before we get to Chris Red, because I do want to know if you were there and see if you have any insight on this whole story. And maybe people don't know the story. But also, I had an idea that we need to bring to the show. When do you want to talk about it? you want to have a meeting or should we talk about it on the show? No, no, I'm just going to say it right now. I know you're going to say, sure, okay. So it's not like we need to have a meeting. You're just going to go, yeah, let's do it. We need to have a segment on every single show where we read Patreon emails. <laughs> Meaning, if you're a patron, Billy June, is there a way that patrons specifically can send you messages? Yeah, people message. Okay, so let's have a segment every week, Sif, whether it's shout outs, a question you always wanted to ask, whatever it may be, we need to give the patrons a few minutes on every, sh- not just the Patreon shows, every show. There's also questions on the Discord from the patrons. I think the Discord people get enough. 
Saif and I chat with them. I get insulted by them. It's a whole, we already, this is, I'm talking about the people who are not active on the Discord, getting them involved because maybe they don't know how to use Discord. The word Discord is nice. It sounds nicer than message board or chat room, but that's what the fuck it is. It is an AOL chat room, basically. <laughs> is, is there any difference between the Discord and a fucking chat room? No. So I mean, there's some people who just don't want to do that. It's just not their thing. So I think every week we should take some yeah, time. Somebody, people don't want to go to a third-party app. You know what I mean? No. Patreon is already a third-party app. Discord is a fourth-party app. That's a lot for a podcast about a podcast. Also, I want to, I want to give a big shout-out to our friends at Canon, the excellent folks at Canon, who not only provided us with the beautiful visuals you're looking at right now, but Saif, I found out this week, are going to help us outfit the new OneApp Studio. Really? Oh, yeah, baby. Really? See, here, this is, oh, man. It's more than OneApp. It's about life and manifestation. If you build it, they will come. Who said that, Jesus? I think it was Kevin Costner. We didn't have anything to ask for, so we never asked. And we're always like, why don't we get anything? Because we didn't ask. My hope is Saif and I are on a weekly basis together for some one-eps in person for interviews. I'm going to tell you something right now. I could get up here and say, these interviews are going to look like nothing you've ever seen before. No, no, no. Au contraire, mon frere. We are going to be able to cultivate a good-looking podcast that looks like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, get ready for bare minimum. <laughs> this is going to look like... Rory and Maul meets Joe Budden podcast meets this one. We're going to look like everybody. Because right now we are below bare minimum. Right. So we're about we, to, we're going to step this shit up to bare minimum. No, no, no. We're going to step this shit up to just pristinely average. <laughs> but we're going to look clean on those Canon cameras. The Canons are beautiful cameras. So. Um, shouts to Canon. It's the Canon RP is the one that I think we'll be using, um, but it's fire. And then shout out to our friends at Rode who outfitted us with the sound that we're going to have so we can make that uh, spectacular so you can hear Billy June clearly going, gosh, you got to get you got to get to the discord. It's burning down. <laughs> Bro, people, you have no idea the messages we get from Billy of like, it's all over. We're being canceled. We're being prosecuted. We're going to jail. The people are, and the we're people. going to jail in fucking Istanbul. Like The people are really like angry. Murder. They're so angry, everyone. I don't know what we're going to do. This guy said he's going to murder you. <laughs> oh, shout out to our friends at Monster. They're going to send us some stuff, too. They're going to outfit us. Yeah, I, we need some Monster outfitting. What about a Monster domino table? Because I have one, and I have nowhere to put it. We should put Billy... At the monster domino table, like at the kids' table. Oh, I like that. A little monster. Oh, you have a monster domino table? Yeah. How big is it? It's small. It's cute. Could it work for, like, uh, the board? Absolutely. Oh, man. We need that monster domino table. So we got some things coming in the works, and uh, you can always sign up for the Patreon, so you can contribute participate at patreon.com slash life. So the Chris Red story, if for people yeah. who don't know, the way it the way it read in the news was, and this is at least in New York was a thing, 
that Chris Red, the former SNL comedian, uh, rolled up to the Comedy Cellar on a week, one night this week. Yeah, um, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, like 9.30, jumped out of his car. The second he jumped out of his car, got bopped on the head, was bleeding all over the place, and the assailant took off. Yeah. It, it would, that's, the descri- that's the proper description, right? That's what's in the news, yes. That's what's in the news. Now, were you there that night? I was there, and I'm having a bit of, um, what do you call it? Uh, PTSD. No, guilt. Survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt. So, we're standing outside the Village Underground, which is right around the corner from the Comedy Cellar. He rolls up to us, and me and three other comics were commenting on his outfit. He had a very plush jacket on and some flowery pants. Oh, listen, he just, his special's about to drop, so he's out here, okay? Special about to drop, and he also had, he had just come from Bravo. He had just come from, um, what's the show with Andy Cohen? Watch What Happens Live. He just came from Watch What Happens Live, because I was like, I was like, what's up with them flower pants? I was like, I like them, but that seems weird for a Wednesday. And he goes, I just came from uh, Watch What Happens Live. I said, oh, you was with, you was with Andy Cohen. You was on your fashion shit. Okay, I got you. So we're fucking with him. At this moment, I didn't know about all the drama that he has around SNL and a bunch of other shit. Oh, and and Keenan? I didn't know all that. Okay. I think I might have heard one little thing in passing somewhere on Instagram, but I didn't know it was like drama. So we're talking, talking shit like we always do. And he goes, yo, I got to go around the corner. And I said, oh, I'm coming around the corner too, but my boy is about to move and I want to take his parking spot. My car was fine half a block away. I should have just left it. I felt bad that we didn't all walk over there with him. So I go move my car. Then I start walking over there. And I see him getting into an ambulance. And I'm looking. And the reason why I knew it was him is because I saw the the flower pants. So I see an ambulance. I see a couple other comics like, like Sherrod. You know Sherrod. Sherrod's aggravated. So I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck is going on? So then I see Sherrod walking towards the ambulance. I see the ambulance. I go, and I see Chris Red's pants. That's not because it was far away. I was like, oh, that's Chris Red. So I go running over there. Sherrod's like, yo, yo, these niggas just came. Jump, they hit them and they and they ran separately. So apparently, these guys, they had on fake security outfits. They had outfits that said security on it. That's what I read. That was in the article too, Scythe. I didn't understand that. So they were, apparently these guys were pacing in front of the cellar for about 45 to 50 minutes. At the comedy cellar, at any moment, if Kev Hart's coming by, Chappelle, you know, some big guys, them, security is not that, it's not weird for people to have security. Now, them being there beforehand and pacing outside, now hindsight is twenty twenty. It looks us. Like, we treat the front of the comedy cellar like a, like a stoop in our apartment building in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, we're all outside smoking all the time. Comics just congregating. And even big comics are out there. All the time. Bro, I met so many people right in that area. I met fucking um, Bob Saget and the Olsen twins. You know what I mean? Like... Right there. This is before pandemic because now there's like that outside seating. But when you could literally pull up right in front. So anyway, whatever. He goes in the ambulance. I go to the front to find out what's happening. Everyone's distraught. And it was actually in front of Mamoons, which is 
you know, the falafel spot right next door, the famous falafel. This is gross. But there was like some loose, you know, some loose city water. Some city water on the sidewalk. Building juice, as Natalie calls it, yeah. But it was fucking filled. With blood? It's not funny. I'm sorry to laugh. Why are you laughing? This sounds horrifying. I don't know. It's like uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable laugh. It was fucking filled with blood, bro. It was disgusting. Wait, it was that bad, the beatdown? I don't know much about fighting, but you know when a boxer gets hit right here, it just gushes? Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is right in this area between your eyebrows and the top of your nose. There's something there that just makes blood gush. So then I'm trying to piece together the story. They're like, oh, he was set up. It was brass knuckles. But, you know, the guys, apparently they hit him and then they ran separate ways. So it felt like, obviously. Well, you know, naturally, people can't help but immediately go, and this is as crazy as this sounds, did Keenan set up Chris because Chris is reportedly, and it was big news, dating Keenan's ex-wife. If you're listening and now watching, my hands are going up with a face of, ah. And yeah, and I know you can't comment on, you don't know anything, I'm sure. I'm sure you have not talked to Chris Red about his dating life. Hanging with comics is, a, is sometimes the most fun hang, but it's also a rough hang of the amount of opinions that fly by. Because it's our job to find something, talk about it, make it funny, just always on the fly. So like the theories and the the different stories and they're like, yo, Lauren, yo, Lauren set it up, man. Lauren's in the mafia. Lauren Michaels from SNL is in the is in the Toronto Mafia. Ebro and I were talking about it and he was like, I mean, maybe these cats are just NBC security. And Keenan was like, yo, man, go handle this motherfucker real quick. Now, very hard to picture that with Keenan. But at the same time, the whole story, let's just be real. For anyone who doesn't realize this, Chris Red not only was on SNL with Keenan, Keenan made him the best friend on his show on, his on NBC. Yeah. yeah, like he put him on NBC on a sitcom for two years. We can't do this. We can't do this. What are we doing? Well, no, we're not going to go down the gossip. I know, I know how you feel. As Flex would say, I don't get involved in dick and pussy shit. <laughs> I'll tell you what Flex does want to be involved in. The Kanye of it all. Oh, my God. Jesus H. Lord. If if you don't live in New York or you don't follow Funk Flex on social media, I want to ask your opinion as a Flex expert. You're the Flexpert. Did you just call it the Flexpert? Yeah. (laughs) Cypher Sounds is the Flexpert. No, that's fire. You can break this down in a way. The Flexpert. So, in your Flexpert opinion, is Flex who's going so hard at Kanye? I mean, every day in every outlet, on Instagram, on the radio, you name it, he is, you are finished, you're a bozo, You're. he's just going super hard. And I guess my question for you is, does he, A, really care and find it like just shitty what he did or B is he doing this just to be a part of the conversation Yeah. or C hoping that he gets a response. Like what, what do you think the flex angle here is that would have him every night 
Yesterday, I heard him say on the radio on a Friday night, he was like, yo, Kanye, whatever your name is, you're the dumbest bozo on the planet. You're the dumbest man in America. Okay, so there's a couple things going on here. He doesn't actually care that much. No, he doesn't care. Okay. He doesn't care at all. Um, as far as being part of the conversation, not only is he a part of the conversation, Funk Flex likes to create the conversation. So there's a Kanye conversation, and then there's a subgroup of the Flex Kanye conversation. So he is an expert at finding out what is in the zeitgeist, harping on it in which direct, whatever direction feels best at the moment, and working that to his advantage. But this guy, let me tell you something. If Kanye drops a heat rock, banging song tomorrow, Flex will be all over it. Well, I got to tell you what Flex said last night when I was listening on a Friday night. Uh, Natalie and I went to this new fancy, not fancy, but kind of fancy, uh, pop-in place in Brooklyn called Laser Wolf. This Israeli restaurant was pretty slamming. And on the way back, I heard Flex say, I'm never playing one of your records again, you bozo. Never playing it again. That sounds really good in the moment. Friday night, driving the whip, cross the bridge, tough hype talk, right? But if he drops a heat rock tomorrow, Flex will play it. I promise you. Because there's no way if all their DJs are playing it and getting the attention, Flex won't hit that bomb. 100%. 100%. Now, is Flex a huge Kanye fan? Probably not. <clears throat> also, there's some weird shit of how Flex was a, I mean, how Kanye was a heavy hitter. And right. Heavy hitters, so that, mm-hmm. it's, During it's, the time when heavy hitters and pit bulls weren't that clean? No, it, always, we were always clean. Always but clean, we okay. We were different sides of the family. Like, we were in, we were in um, friendly competition. Never beef, never drama, just other sides of the spectrum. Saif, is this the best flex record ever? Sometimes you speak, sometimes you don't. Figure this nigga souped up, cause he cooped up. Guaranteed the rip shit. It's a good one. I think it's the one. You know what I'm on lately that I completely forgot about? The Locks and Biggie on Flex's album over Cream. Ooh. Yo, I found that randomly. Somebody was playing it on a, on a TikTok song, like where they were showing off their car. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I have every Biggie everything ever. And I forgot. You know why that one doesn't have a place in my heart for me? Because I recorded all those, the first three Funk Flex albums, I recorded all of them. But they didn't record with us. They sent that. So I don't have it in my, in my brain as being something I was a part of. So I kind of forgot about it. That shit is fire. Biggie's dropping. I have, I have it right here. 
Peace. See the problems that you wait too nice. Please, where that coke at? Fuck where it might be. Don't be like me, hard headed and stubborn. When my gun burns, much hotter than sunburn. You got one turn. I suggest you show me the stash to the cash and the blow. Yo, wherever I go, my crew is true to swarm. Got stripes in New York like Yankee uniforms. When I was born, I know I make the world darker. The age of 15, tote cats, put the spark. You're like Bob Barker. If the price is right, lay your ass down for spite. Anybody, alright? Fire, bro. And then it's all the locks on it? Yeah, but the lot is weird. It's like two of the locks go first, then Biggie, then the, the third locks. It's like, out of, or in my mind, I'm like, let me Pro Tools this up, put Biggie first, or put Biggie last, because I can't take this. Why is this out of order like this? Fix this. I thought about the locks this week in light of the whole Kanye thing. Yeah. Because of this. Is you doing the sticking, or is you getting stuck? Is you doing the fucking, or is you getting fucked in that street? It ain't a game no more, it's a sport. If you ain't got I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation with Jadakiss about his feelings around Jewish stuff, Scythe, because I know he is not an anti-Semite, has mad Jewish friends. Him and the, He's practically one of the Rosenthals, okay? But this was a long time ago, right? This song's like 96. Listen. It's the locks in them. Here we go. Listen, Sife. This was big when I was a kid for me. I might have edited. Hold on. I might have edited it out of the only song that I only version I have now. Let's see. I took it out. What do you say, Jew lawyer? He says, he says, the, the, it wasn't the Jew lawyer part that this is, this is so important because this is like the language. There's been this disconnect of people not understanding what feels anti-Semitic versus just why isn't it a compliment? He goes, the Jew lawyer, the true employer <laughs> who will destroy your defense like the Hoyas. That phrase, the true employer, that's some old school, nasty trope shit. Yeah, but it's not with malicious intent, though. You don't think? True employers? That, that, that to me has to be, like, I'm not saying, I, I, by the way, I'm, I want to be clear. I love Jada. Literally, I don't remotely think he's an anti-Semite. But this is 20-some years ago. What is it? He was probably 19 when he made that. Yes, and, he, and, he, and and again, and this energy exists around, like, I, this is the energy I've been hearing my whole life in hip-hop. But here's the thing. You're 16 in the hood. You've never been anywhere ever. You never traveled. You don't go to a, 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 a international school in Manhattan. You live in the hood. You go to school in the hood. Everything is the hood. So what do you know about the hood? The Jewish people own... A lot of the stores. You don't know about anti-Semitism. You don't know about Holocaust. You don't know about World War II. You don't know about Israel. It's just your neighborhood. And I'll be honest, nine times out of 10, not nine times out of 10, seven times out of 10, that guy who owned the store was a dick to you and wasn't great. 
Was he a dick because he was just a dick? Or does being Jewish make you a dick? Who know, like, Right, or, or were they racist and just didn't want the black kids in their store or, or whatever it was? It could be a million things. So, like, that's all you know. And you're writing rhymes at 16, 17, 18 with all you know. Most stores in my neighborhood where all the black kids... I've been to sneaker stores where it's all black kids working there, but the people that own it is Jewish. Like, let's say a Jewish guy owns it, but his son runs it. The son is cool with all the black employees. But when the dad comes around, he's a dick because he's the boss. Everybody thinks their boss is a dick, right? Unless he's Michael Scott, then your boss is a goofball. You can't win as the boss. You're either a goofball because you're trying to be cool with us or you're a dick because you won't let me take next Friday off. Now, every store on that block just happens to be owned by Jews because in that neighborhood, the Jewish people, let's say, bought the property on that block and all the neighboring stores are Jewish. So you're like, yo, why they own all the stores? No, in this particular block, yes, they came together and they own, they might be cousins or whatever. And my guess would be in, in most cases, there'd be a very direct explanation of like, well, the Jews came to this neighborhood first. It's there. So they all bought property there. Who's doing that research though? Who's doing that knowledge? You're a kid, right? So now your friend gets locked up for selling drugs and you're like oh you come to work you sneakers you push the sneakers down fuck my cousin just got locked up what happened no no the cops got him he wasn't doing nothing first of all he was doing something he was selling crack but okay and then your boss goes let me call my cousin he's a lawyer you know what i mean so now it's like all you know is jew lawyer jew employer now you get a record deal you sign the puff there's mad jewish people at the label then you start traveling. And not just Jewish people, but every kind of people. Now you're 21, 22, 23. You've been to London, France, Germany, fucking Slovakia. Now, we know a lot of rappers who like this life. I'm, Jadakiss is one of them. Jadakiss is eaten with the finest of the finest of people. Everyone loves Jadakiss, right? He's a, a wonderful individual. Huge fan. Did you see the, the ad he did with his father and his son and they have a business together? I haven't seen it yet, but I know they have a coffee together. Man, every time I talk to Jada Kids, it's the next level of, of, of admiration. Being from a strong household with two parents. Remember years ago? When are you referring to? This was years ago. You're sure? This was years ago. Remember he came to the station? I don't remember if it was with the locks or if he was by himself. And he told us, nah, fuck that. I fired everybody. My dad handles all my finances. You remember that? No. One time he came to the station and he was like, yo, I fired my accountant. I fired this person, my business manager. He goes, my dad handles all of my shit now. He's like, yeah, my father's owned his own business for whatever, however many years. Like, so my dad just handles my money. And I would like literally as a person who didn't have a dad growing up, I was like, wow, that is so amazing that your father could be involved with your business. And that always stuck to my brain years later. Now I see his, his father and his son all together. It's beautiful. So my point is, so this guy is well-traveled, uh, learned, been around mad different people, still keeps his hood sensibility, still keeps it real to the point where everyone in the hood loves him. How could he not? Now, take the other side of it. We know a lot of rappers who are ignorant as fuck, and they go out to dinner with these people and they think, 
yo, these people are weird. They corny. Yo, they they whack. They stupid. You know what I mean? Like, so there's going to be some people who accept life with having different flavors. And there's some people who go to fucking expensive, beautiful steakhouses and order chicken fingers and fries. And it's just the way the world is. So look at that line Jadakiss had in whatever year that was, 98. Uh, again, just to be just to be clear, we're talking years ago. This was years ago, bro. Years ago. It's years ago. No, it makes sense. I think I think that 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 breakdown you just gave makes perfect sense as to how one could be that way. But that's what makes Kanye inexcusable. Is that Kanye has right but like the Kanye idea of pretending level Kanye like his views. His views are are pretending as if he has no other experiences. Like you, like it's just so basic, bro. It's so frustrating. So, two things we want to get to. Number one, Saif, your videos about Kanye this week were tremendous. Some of the, I think, the best content you've ever put up. What? Thank you. Was that video taken on a beautiful Canon camera? Let me tell you something, man. This Canon, the one I'm working with right now, the E O five. Yeah, it's it's an EOS. It's an EOS RP. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. EOS. <laughs> yeah. EO five is an EOS. Yes. EOS. Is it an S? Yeah. Remember, oh, like, like you don't remember that 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 Andre Agassi had the commercials for the Canon EOS. It was like a thing that that was like when I remember oh, that brand. I don't, the first I don't watch sports. That's right. Um. Well, anyway, sorry. EOS. Um. No, nah, seriously. I I was like, bro, I got a fucking sick camera in the house. I got a dope light. Let's start making some real shit. My boy Jared came through. And I got to add to this, I have to tell you about Jared and Puffy. My boy Jared came through. We figured it out. We, we YouTube some shit, how to set the light, because there's a window here, there's a light here. And I just shot it, man, and it fuck, I'm getting a lot of love for it, man. And I really, really... What app are you using to, to do the um, wording? Because I don't know how to do anything except the basic words on Instagram, which suck. Jared uses an app called InShot. And the way he does it, I've never seen... No, Jared is a kid. I love this kid, man. He figures shit out. He doesn't know. He's not a, a video editor. He's not a shooter. None of that shit. He just will dig in and figure it out. So is it time for him to start doing social media for one app? He does not want to do social media. I've asked. But isn't that's what he does. That's what he's doing. He does it for me because I need it done. He's not a social media expert like that. He goes, until we get an expert, I'll knock this out for you. He will be involved with the new one up in our new studio. We just don't know which capacity. Probably something where Billy June will get very jealous. I don't think this guy, Jared, really cares about the podcast. <laughs> I think he's trying to set you up to take your money. But, bro, I've had all these ideas for so long, and I just fucking I overthink everything. I don't execute. I sit here, and, and I go, man, I got, bro, if I showed you the folder of ideas I have, and I don't execute, and it really pisses me off and i was like enough this is enough is enough do something make something yeah and, and you wonder how impactful just getting dope um videos done like you're out working so much and you have to as a comedian you have to keep working but yeah i wonder whether your time ratio is correct with regard to what's going to get you where you want to go i 100% need stuff to spread virally it requires you making good shit so it's hard bro this shit didn't blow up i didn't get fucking millions of views no no but you got great engagement and great engagement and there was a conversation and it's it's mostly jokey 
but with some points. I think all medicine should be served with what's the what's the thing? Uh, a spoonful of honey or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> a spoonful of sugar. Um, this I I I really truly believe there's no problem with spreading a good message with some levity. I I feel like people feel like everything that has to be like a message has to be so serious. And I'm like, nah, we could like put some laughs in this and still get the point across. You and I should come up with a a look or format of videos like this that we both do to brand them one app. Like cuz this fits this is one app. You you started you started with the record shit. That was you getting there a little bit. But all of these all of these content, we need to put a framework around it to make it one app. Here we, this is it. But like, you're not going to get motivated until you see me do it and vice versa. Because this is, bro, this is me doing a bad impression of what you do. Except when you do it, it's like these like dope fucking monologues of great points where like, Ah, I can't do that. I gotta, I gotta put some silly shit in there. And you know what? I think I could stand to, you know, when I do shit, not forget that like my real talent. I'm a thoughtful guy, I guess, but I'm much better naturally at being funny than I am at being smart. Bro, when we get together on stage, there's always funny oh, times, psh, right? It, it works. I was thinking, how many years away do you think we are from one Epcon? How many years off do you think we can be? Three years? Because three years. You think in three years we could have like a weekend somewhere where we have a comedy show, a club night, a live podcast. You have like three events and then everyone's just at the hotel and people hang out, drink, kick it, one Epcon. What you just described, we could do now. But who would anyone show up though is the question. Bro, we do a, a shitty Holiday Inn Express in Jersey somewhere. And do 50. <laughs> and just take over, Bro. take over a shit. Like, as long as they have a room, as long as they have a room where we can have a comedy show, a room where we can have a, a party. Every fucking fetish group, every people that like to dress up in adult diapers and shit, like, they go to, like, some Holiday Inn or some Hampton Inn, and there's, like, a little conference room and a little bar area. Here's what we do. We go to fucking... We go to Bada Bing in Jersey, which is actually called um, Satin Dolls, right on Route 17. We find a hotel, the closest hotel right next door, like a Best Western or a Hampton Inn or, or La Quinta. <laughs> La Quinta. We do some events at the La Quinta, and then we do events at Satin Dolls. We would <laughs> fucking murder it. By the way, I love the idea of it being all at a shitty corporate chain hotel. Watch your mouth. A beautiful sponsoring corporate hotel sorry a beautiful sponsoring shitty corporate hotel that's right a bonvoy somewhere bonvoy uh, oh, by I, the way i'm a marriott bonvoy member so what you're saying on a small level could be done now now if we want to do it right i say three years because in three years two and a half two and a half years i'm 10 years disgraced oh wow congratulations you're coming up to your 10 years disgraced I'm getting my gold watch of being disgraced and humiliated by Hot 97. Wow. By the way, we should do a ceremony for that. People can speak. Um, Wait, so you're doing, your, you're doing Brand Nubian or am I doing Puffy? Let's do Brand Nubian first. Then. Puffy's quick. Okay, go to Puffy then. But hold on real quick. Before, before you go to Puffy, I was going to say, 
speaking of the growth of the podcast, I asked, I won't say exactly, but I asked Billy June, I was like, yo, can you just send me a screenshot of what our downloads are? Cause like I've been busy with Emilio looking at the YouTube and seeing, trying to get our visuals to grow, but YouTube is a slow grower. It's, it's a, it's a work. Um, we then thank you to everyone who subscribed to the YouTube channel. It's growing slowly, but surely we don't have it yet. I will expect real growth once we're in the studio. I, I expect that. We're just set up now. Emilio set us up. And Emilio, you're doing a fantastic job. And I would I would not be able to do any of this without you, Emilio. We wow. love you to death. Wow. And we hope that you stay with us forever and ever. And Billy June just hung himself. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to say, Emilio, you've always been number one to us. <laughs> and you are the only one that matters. The only thing. <laughs> As we've always said, one ep is life is us plus Emilio only. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that joke, but you, I'm going to fucking kill you. But yeah, anyway, so, so yeah, so the downloads. Oh, no, so, the, so I asked Billy June, I said, yo, send me a screenshot of the downloads. Yo, man, our download numbers week to week have consistently really grown nicely. It's it's love it. It's pretty solid. So thank Bro, you to everyone. I, I'm appreciate. I, and I what I what I know is going to happen is I fucking respect everyone who's been here through the COVID, through us relaunching all that bullshit. I know when we get the studio, start knocking out real content. All our older, not all, but some of our older content is going to get resurfaced. That Pete Nice MF Doom thing. I don't even know if it got any views or whatever. It did. But no, it did well at the time back then. It did way. We only had a couple thousand subscribers at that time. Yeah. And I think that episode, Billy, it got listened to like 20 some thousand times, didn't it? Yeah. Bro, we take that, clip it up. We, cause the thing, this shit, it's not anything current that won't let. We clip up a little couple pieces from that MF Doom, uh, 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 KMD shit. We're gonna get, we're gonna get some traction. There's a lot in the stash. So my boy Jared, he has an Instagram account call my mid journey art so do you know what mid journey is no okay i don't even know how to explain it. it's some ai ai generated art apparently there's some this ai shit where you type something in so you say a picture of biggie maybe like in the style of anime and it generates this picture so what jared's been doing is Taking like MF Doom songs or Griselda or like kind of like underground songs, making all these different pictures to fit the lyrics and posting it. He's getting thousands of views, like a lot. So there was a clip of, of Puff on Flex's show and he was like bigging up New York, right? He's like, yo, man, New York, we we, we we being followers. We got to stop this shit. We always been innovators. Uh, we got to lead New York back into the light, whatever. I love that little clip. I just saved it. So I give that clip to Jared. I go, yo, make one of your lyric videos to this. And first of all, he, he started fighting me on it. Well, I don't, I don't, because I do it to the beat. Shut the fuck up, Billy June Jr. So just make this Billy shit. Billy June June? Yeah, Billy June June. Just make it. Just fucking make it. So he takes it, he finds all these images, puts this Puff shit to it. I go, I'm going to send it to Puff. I'm going to post it, and I'm going to send it to Puff. Bro, this guy hits me back. First of all, he comments. Did you see his comment? I'm, I'm looking now. Hold on. You read it, because I, I feel embarrassed. 
He wrote, man, you just made an N-word cry. Man, that's the energy. Fuck that. Love you, boy. Dan, I'm shooting my, uh, I had to shoot one thing for Hip Hop Treasures, right? Some pickups. That's your TV show coming out on A&E. TV show coming out on A&E. Oh, and I see he posted it. Bro, FaceTime. It said, my phone just says FaceTime, Puff. Yo, the the 18-year-old in me, the 19-year-old Scythe, I was like, yeah, you freaked out. I was like, oh, I got, I got to get this. I got to get this. I get up. I'm recording. I'm mic'd. I have a mic on. I take the mic off. I get up. I go fucking answer Puff's call. Yo, bro, he's like, yo, that shit is fire. That shit is fire. Yo, what the fuck? Thank you so much. Bro, he had like, I'm out, no lie. He had a tear in his eye. And mind you. Where do you think Puff called from? I'm looking back. I see a infinity pool. I see the mansion. He's in a white. He's literally in a white robe. Like what you, think, what you think Puff will look like is what he looked like. I'm sure he had jewelry on in the white robe. By the way, we we could get Puff on one app. We could get him to come. No, by. we're no, we're getting Puff. Between the way he feels about both of us, I'm confident Puff's coming on. When we get the new studio, we're getting Puff. Uh, he might not be in the studio. I'm just saying. Well, we'll, we'll be in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we can get him there. I, based on location, I think we can get him there. Bro, I'm telling you, with this New York movement, because he hit me and he's like, yo, thank you so much. Da, da, da. I said, Puff, listen, man, I'm telling you right now, what we're doing, me, comedy-wise, me, one-up-wise, like we're on this New York shit with you. And we don't hate on nobody else, but I said, I want to be down. Like, I want to be down from the beginning, from the inception. He's like, of course, I got you. He goes, I want to amplify your shit. Because he told me this. I saw him in L.A. with Chappelle, I told you. And he was saying the same thing. I love your comedy shit. Wait, you know Dave Chappelle? Yeah, I used to DJ for Little Kim. Oh, okay, keep going. So, so then he goes, yo, who did this art? So now, again, this is Jared, who's not an artist. He's just a kid that figures shit out. So Puff goes, yo, who did that shit? I want to get him to do something for Deleon, which is, I guess, is, is it tequila? Yeah. So now I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, uh, Jared's not an artist, like, he just figured some little shit out, and I just harped on it. So he goes, yo, send me his number. I go, oh, no, how do I do, this is where, this is where I need Puff to advise me on how to deal with Puff. Nah, it goes through me, Puff. Nah, you ain't hit my man up direct, hit me up. But I go, oh, sure, here it is, I just sent his number. <laughs> and did Puff hit Jared? Somebody did his assistant, but I called Puff. I mean, I called Jared right away. I go, yo, Puff, love the video. Listen, don't sign anything. Wow. That's really cool, man. Well, bro, I had Big Daddy Kane in my comments. Big Daddy Kane is now one of the biggest Cypher Sounds comedy fans ever. He always hits me. He loves my comedy. I don't even think he knows I DJ. So Kane, Puff, I'm having a hell of a week. Shouts to Jared, though. That's really, really cool. And the, and the graphics look fire. So to close up the, if you didn't hear the Patreon last week and you have no idea. Peter hates all rappers from Westchester. <laughs> actually, I really want to get a, a, there's a Westchester legend. I really want to get on the show. I reached out to him yesterday. But the person who left the comment that fucking annoyed me was Pete Rock. Right? So we told the story on the Patreon. Pete Rock leaves the comment and then I reach out to Pete on the phone on text and he gives me a whole 
I don't know who the fuck this is. Fuck you, you piece of shit. I'm not Pete Rock. Bullshit. It was Pete Rock, but it's all good. Listen, we'll make up one day. I'm sure he'll uh, at some point come to his senses. But then, Saif, I am so stupid that the other day, Grand Poobah posted a picture of Kanye. And his caption was something like, I can't remember the words, but basically the vibe that he was throwing down with the caption was essentially, you know, the vibes ain't shit changed. Maybe it was that. And it's him and Kanye dapping up. And I did not like that. And I wrote unfollow. Wait, it looks like it's been taken down. He deleted the post. You said unfollow. I wrote unfollow. That's it. Just unfollow. I didn't say fuck you, you piece of shit. Well, that's what unfollow means, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, is that true? <laughs> yes. Unfollow means fuck you, you're a piece of shit? Yes. No. Unfollow means you're saying shit I cannot fuck with. I'm out. Did you unfollow him? Yeah. And then I kind of forgot about it, and then I went back and looked at my comment. You, so you had to refollow, or you just pulled up his page? No, no, I just went to his page. Because I was getting notifications. I, I saw my notifications. So I go and I look at his page and that comment has like a hundred some <laughs> likes, but even more comments, right. like a hundred. Saif, <laughs> when I tell you, did you look at them? Some of them, yeah. I opened Pandora's box. Fuck you, culture vulture. We never wanted you. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you piece of shit. Yo, all I said was unfollow because essentially, oh, essentially shit. the post, whether Poobah realized this or not, essentially to post a picture of Kanye in that moment and be like, that's my man. That's basically being like, hey, Jews, fuck you. So I said unfollow. I followed you and I read it as a fuck you. I say unfollow. I'm out. No one was like, oh, man, maybe he doesn't mean it that way. Um Nah, Rosenberg, chill. No, no, no. Get the fuck out. We never wanted you here. You are the worst culture vulture. You don't support Kanye, but you play. This is the new thing I'm getting all the time. Everyone thinks this is profound. Why am I and other DJs, we're not okay with people saying bad shit about Jews, but we're okay with playing violent rap music. Mm, Yeah, 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 yeah. They think it's 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 apples to bananas and they think it's apples to apples and it's really fucking annoying. Everyone thinks it's like so profound. Like, yeah, but why do you play? I'm like, wait a second. Anyways, let me keep going. So Lord Jamar jumps in the comments. Well, why wouldn't he? Jamar is a fucking character, bro. We sat and talked to that dude for an hour and a half, whatever it was. With all due respect to Jamar, when it comes to like the, the argument the, the, the essence of what we were discussing with him. Let's just be real. You and I, pause, undressed him. Like, we won. You could not come away thinking that what Jamar was saying was based in facts anymore. About you. Yeah, the stuff about, about me. you, yes. What he thought about you, yes. Was, was based in bullshit. And, like, it was basically dispelled in that interview. Agree. The reason Jamar is a fucking character, though, is, of course, this comes up. I'm writing unfollow on his man's page. He just jumps right back into the same shit as if we'd never had the conversation in the first place. So I comment back at him. Him and I ended up DMing. Who, Jamar? Yeah, me and Jamar. We went back and forth on DM. The second I went to DM with him, by the way, 
Like, this is what I mean about him being a character. Like, totally just wants to have conversation. Did not seem overly angry. It's all showbiz. Him and I went back and forth. You know, he was throwing that at me. But you play violent rap records. I said, Jamar, you made Punk jump up to get beat down. You made a song called Pass Me the Gat. I gotta fight back. I ain't going out on my motherfucking back. He was like, that song was about fighting the oppressor. I'm like, was it? It didn't feel that way at the time. I'll be honest. That brand new Bean album just felt like some violent shit. If we're being if we're if we're being fair, and I love it. Oh no, Punk's Jump Up wasn't about that, it was about getting in a fight. Okay, it was still an anthem in theory. For the argument you're using, it was an anthem for young black kids in fighting other young black kids. If we're being honest about at the time what it was. Now, do you really think it should be part of my job to decide what black artists choose to say? I don't play drill music because drill, I believe, because of the gang affiliations of the artists, legitimately leads to murder. Like, it's not indirect shit gets said on a record someone gets fucking killed it happens it's happened so many times so i don't play it is me playing annie up a 20 year old rap song for 45 year old rap fans am i really contributing to what you're saying or am i just playing the art that artists made and how is that the same as someone choosing to outwardly say hurtful things about another group? It's not. There's two solid arguments here. They don't belong together. Right. But they don't belong together at all. Yeah, you want to say, hey, I, I think DJs should not be playing the music. That's that's why. Let's have that conversation. To say that immediately after I go, hey, I don't like that Kanye is talking about how Jews control the media. Where you play violent rap songs, it's that's it's just not, you're not thinking, that's not how cogent arguments work. <laughs> it's not the same. I think, I think Ebro and I reached a point this week, because of course we talk about it so much, where by the end of the week we were just at a point of like, why are people so fucking dumb? I asked myself like, am I dumb also? Here's where I think I'm smart. If I don't know about something, I either ask about it, or I stay out of it. My favorite quality of, of Cypher sounds. Right? Cypher goes, what's that? Sometimes he says it about something so basic that you think, what are you, a fucking moron? <laughs> but I respect the intellectual curiosity because <laughs> yeah. I don't always do it. Sometimes, yo, you know, you know, blah, 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 right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. I do that. Yeah, I wish yeah. I didn't. Cypher will go, no, what's that? <laughs> what's that? Go, so, so keep going. But because I like learning. Right. You're a learner. If I don't know about it, I ask about it or I stay out of it. Thirdly, I make jokes. I don't know how my video could pop up on your reels and you're so offended and so disgusted. If I ever looking at a video on TikTok or Instagram and I get so disgusted, I go to that person's page and I see what other disgusting shit they got. I don't see how I could say something on my page and you're so offended, and then you go check me out and go, oh, he's a comedian. Oh, he's fucking around. People write on my shit like... Because not everyone's there, because some people there just from the hip-hop shit. Fine. Wait, were people mad this week? Yeah, there was people saying Jewish shit on my, under my Kanye thing. Oh, because you were, in a comedic light way, condemning his bullshit. No, in a comedic light way, I was explaining his bullshit. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. It wasn't even quite condemning. My theory is, oh, he's trying to get back with Jay-Z. Jay-Z has a deal with Puma. Puma, it was two brothers that started Adidas and then they split. One stayed with Adidas, one created Puma. So it's like a play on words with Jay-Z and Kanye being like brothers because he was like my big brother. And then these brothers started separate sneaker companies. It's like a fucking, it's a joke. It's a way to get into the conversation without being in the conversation like you. Because you want in on the conversation. No, I don't. I really. What do you mean? You, you make videos the talking to camera. You are not fucking zip tied reading some cue card from terrorists. No, you press record and you sit down. That is correct. I feel for me, the hard part is a blurry line between just accepting it. And then it's like, if I do, I don't want to do too much with all due respect. He's a great guy. Kosha Dills. Kosha Dills made a rap record going back at Kanye. And he's making it like his entire brand. I am not interested in turning my entire brand into I am the fighter against Kanye or I am the Jewish freedom fighter. That is not where I'm going as a brand. However, when you're in the throes of it, right? Like, for example, that day with Puba, I'm just scrolling my IG feed. I'm not looking for anything. And someone that I follow said something that I'm like, oh, man, do I let this go? Does that make me, pardon my language, it makes me feel kind of like a pussy. I just like, I just accept it and keep, oh, that's nice, double tap. Like, no, he's saying, fuck you. He's saying, fuck you because you're Jewish? That's how I take it. But you're not even overly Jewish. <laughs> I know. That's not, that's so, not about. If somebody was so like, why does it count? If somebody, if Grand Poobah, <laughs> If Grand Poobah went on his Instagram and burned a Puerto Rican flag, I would not blink twice. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, he's wilding. <laughs> yeah, but that's not an apples to apples comparison either. I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's, first of all, well, obviously the history is mad different. Judaism impacts my life a lot more than your Puerto Ricanness impacts your life. I'll be honest, I think Judaism impacts your life more than Puerto Ricanism impacts your life. <laughs> your level of being interested in comedy makes you basically Jewish by proxy. So funny, by the way, when everyone throws all the shit that Jews do, you know, Jews, they run the media. They run the banks. No one ever throws in like, they're also among the most brilliant comedy minds of all time. <laughs> no one, No one ever throws in, Yo, you know what else Jews are good at? Being doctors and therapists. You can't go five blocks without finding a hundred Jewish therapists who are all very credible and well, well rated on Google. I don't like Larry David controlling my sense of humor and forcing me to laugh. And the Beastie Boys, man. Brass Monkey? The fuck does that mean? <laughs> But brass monkey is actually a liquor. You would think the only thing Jews do is sit and count money. We run the banks. Okay, there are a lot of Jews. And and clip that, post that right away, Billy June. Put a picture of Gargamel next to Rosenberg. I'm going to find all the money. <laughs> you know what sucked about it the most for me too, guys, is that like, over the years of all the time Seif was around when someone would come up and go, yo, Rosenberg, I know you got the bag. 
I don't know why I made it sound like LL Cool J. It was never him. But yo, Rosenberg, I know you rich. Let me borrow something, Rosenberg. The reason that sucked is not only because it plays into this trope of like Jews run the world and have money, but like it wasn't true. I had no money. Like at the time I was like, I mean, I make $60,000. I live hey, in yo, New York. I fucking Jew lawyer got you all this money. You're like, my brother? Yeah. How do you have a Jew lawyer? My my brother, he went to Fordham Law. He's gonna be paying. He's gonna be paying for going there for the rest of his life. <laughs> what this isn't some glamorous. Yo, your Jew lawyer got you the deal. <laughs> like Nick. Yo, I swear to God, I've often gotten. You know how you know why Rosenberg works at Hot ninety seven. His parents own it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> By the way, for the record, we're, we're no longer Jewish owned, even. Oh, fuck. That is so funny, bro. And by the way, WWE, last time I checked, Vince McMahon, not Jewish, I believe. Believe the McMahons are not Jewish. I work there. Disney, Walt Disney, who owns ESPN. Seif, I believe the reputation of of Walt Disney was, was, was not Jewish at all. So I work for three companies, none of which are really Jew media in theory. Um, all right, Cypher, you're a great guy. I can't wait to get this studio up and running. Uh, Billy June, keep up the great work. Emilio, fantastic. Hit up that Patreon. Some of you fuckers are still paying $5. That's going to end soon. Those tears are going to end. You got over on us, but fix your shit. Patreon <laughs> 750, switch your tier or get left the fuck out. And honestly, we do love, we really do. I appreciate all the non-patrons too who just don't have the extra cash or don't feel like paying it, but listen every week. We love you all too. But you could do us a favor. Send some tweets, leave some comments, subscribe on YouTube. I'll do all those things for free. Bro, the most important, review on, on iTunes, all that shit. Share anything funny we put up. Just give it a little love, man, because it's so much competition now. We just want to be in the, we just want to be in the game. By the way, congratulations. Angie Martinez launched her podcast and she posted yesterday a a picture of the podcast charts. And she's like, I don't normally care about these things. It showed her number one in music, but I'm I'm new to this space and I'm really happy. And I'm happy for Angie too. Why would she do it anything less? Angie shit looks fire, by the way. I notice a lot more females doing podcasts and their shits always look so much better because they put time into like decorating and designing <laughs> there's these two girls from london they just talk gossip shit but they both have pink shore microphones i'm like did they paint them did they custom make them did they order them? i'm like this is a fire um so yeah so uh yeah so angie shit looks fucking amazing bro <laughs> oh it looks it looks amazing it looks so good and she gets, and of course, like, she's like, oh my God, I'm so humbled and surprised. She literally comes out the gate with only huge guests. She got fucking Lauren London crying. She had Derek Jeter, right? Yeah, she had Derek Jeter, Ashanti. <laughs> she's like, I'm just so humbled. I can't believe people like, you know, are taking to this. You're one of the biggest names ever in radio, and you're interviewing the biggest names on planet Earth. Wait, what, on, what are you talking hold on, hold about? On. Angie Martinez, her, her, her moniker is the voice of New York. The V-O-N-Y. So you're the voice in New York. Because of the way radio works nowadays, you don't get to talk as much. But people want your voice so badly. So you do a show where you just talk for over an hour. Of course you're going to win. What the fuck is what wrong you even, with you? What do you even... That's how we close out. You're Angie Martinez. I can't tell you how much I love Angie. Yeah, me too. 
I love too it. Much. It's too much. I'll tell you about my wedding, right? She hates when I tell the story. I literally held up my wedding wow. because she was late. Bro, my wife was sitting there in her dress like this. How, for how long? <laughs> it was a good, a good 19 minutes. Something like that. Well, how did you know she wasn't there? So in the Filipino culture, your marriage has godparents. And she was one of them? She was one of them. She was one. It's like, it's like, it's, that's the easiest way to describe it. Like, you know how your children have godparents? Your union has godparents. So they, they walk down the aisle before you. So she was my choice. So I'm waiting for her. And bro, she flies in the, <laughs> she flies in her little roundabout with her Escalade. <laughs> fucking hopped out. Cause like if you were just late to the wedding, no one would even realize. But she had to walk with us, and I abuse her about it all the time. But it's because I. The point is, I love you so much that I could not get married without you being there. Just for the record, I want everyone to know that I was actually on time to Sife's wedding. The only yeah. time I was that I, at least not on that one day, I was on time. Peace and blessings, y'all. Peace and blessings. We love you very much. Everyone, hold on. I'm trying to close out with a song. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, play us out. Play us out. What do you mean to play us out? What do you mean? The fuck does that mean to play us out? The queen bee. It's ladies night. What? It must be Angie on the mic. The butter pee, honey. Got the sugar. Got the spice. Roll the L tight. Keep the rhymes right. Y'all just made this motherfucker up last night. And uh, I'm the rookie on this all-star team. Me and Kim is getting cream. Like Thelma and Louise, but on Chrome. Never leave that Brooklyn shit alone. So if you say it's on, then it's on.